You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast recorded with Hashem's endless kindness in Ramapi Shemesh Israel 5769-2009. There's no Parsha this week. This week is Pesach, the Passover holiday, and we're entering into the holiday of Geula, the holiday of redemption, remembering, commemorating what happened 3,300 years ago when the Jewish people left Egypt, but also renewing our belief, renewing our emun, our trust in God, that there's going to be a redemption very soon, Amir Hashem, with God's help and renewing our faith in constant redemption, constant power of redemption that's being renewed into the Bria, into creation, giving us this power of renewal constantly every single year. I'd like to share with you a few questions, a few answers, focusing into one of the Yisaitis, one of the deep underpinnings that go into Pesach, into the Passover holiday, and there's a tremendous lesson for us, I believe, and uh, I hope that we can take it home with us, and it can inspire us to give us a little bit more depth and meaning in the Pesach holiday, in this Passover holiday that's coming now. The first question, the first point that I'd like to make, is that we have the Pesach Seder. We have this special ceremony, a long meal, with a long story involving our children, trying to get them into the story, reliving the story, the account of the redemption from Egypt, the whole slavery. We go through everything. We say how God redeemed us and how God takes care of us in every generation. What strikes me as odd is that, as we know, the redemption, when did it actually occur? So the different parts of the redemption, some starting earlier, some starting later, but the main redemption, when the Jews left Mitzrayim, when they left Egypt, that actually occurred in midday, in the middle of the day, out in the open, unabashedly, Hashem showed His hand to the Egyptian people, to the Jewish people. Everyone would see for all time that the Jewish people was being redeemed in broad daylight. So the thing that's strange is why is the Seder at night? If anything, the Seder should be in the daytime. It's commemorating or it's perhaps even reliving that power, that spiritual power that existed then. But So why are we doing it at night? What's the understanding of that? Another point that we see is that Pesach, besides referring it to as Chag Pesach, Passover, it's also referred to as Chag Aviv, the holiday of the spring. It's a very funny appellation. But what's interesting about this is that from this very appellation, from the fact that we call it the holiday of the spring, our sages teach us that the Jewish calendar is not a lunar calendar exclusively. And it's not exclusively a solar calendar either. Actually, it's a lunisolar calendar, which means that the lunar calendar is actually adjusted in every few years years, actually 7 out of 19 years, is a leap year. So the, the lunar calendar, which is actually 356 days, as opposed to the solar calendar, which is 365 days, so we need to catch up. So every few years, so we need to add an extra month. That's why sometimes we'll have a second Adar, and it keeps the two years, the solar year and the lunar year, in sync. Now, where do we learn it out from? From the fact that it says Chag Aviv, from the fact that it calls Pesach the holiday of the spring. So in order for Pesach, which is in Nisan, we know that it's always going to be in Nisan this month. So from the fact that it's referred to as the spring holiday, so that means that the, the lunar year and the solar year have to be, we have to be sure that they always jive. Now the question I'd like to pose is why is it that specifically this holiday, the holiday of Pesach was chosen in order to teach us this concept that the two calendars need to be consistently brought together. What's the understanding of that? Another important point is that we see that Pesach, it doesn't just stop when Pesach's over. What actually happens is from the second day of Pesach, actually the second night, more precisely, of Pesach, we start counting. We start the Omer. We say today is the first day of the Omer. And then we count on up to seven days, and then we say we have finished one week of the Omer. And then we count seven weeks, and each week we're counting the days and the weeks. And when we get to 49 days, so the 50th day is Shavuos. Shavuos is the holiday that celebrates the receival of the Torah. And of course, as we know, Pesach, Passover, so we left 
Egypt in order to come to Harsin, to come to Mount Sinai, to have that unbelievable revelation. The entire Jewish nation all experienced God's voice. They heard Him speak. They all experienced a prophetic vision. And they received the Torah there exactly 50 days later. So Pesach is really the first week of a seven-week cycle leading up to Shavuos, leading up to receiving the Torah. Now what's interesting to me about this is that we think of of the Exodus as being the pinnacle, this unbelievable redemption after six months of God throwing Makis, inflicting difficult pains upon the Egyptians. Finally, after everything, there's this unbelievable climax. The Jewish people, they leave Mitzrayim, they leave Egypt. But that's, of course, not the climax. The climax is when they get to Mount Sinai. But it seems like there are climaxes and there are peaks and it's going up and it's going down. What's the lesson of this? What is this coming to teach us? Now, to begin to try to understand all these different things and the point that draws them all together, I'd like to share with you something which I read recently in a certain book, and uh, a secular book. And uh, as I was reading it, it really bothered me. What was the understanding? And this book was speaking about the development of the brain, and it mentioned, and this wasn't the main point of the book, but it mentioned that as a child, a fetus is growing, so the lower levels of the brain, those are the first parts of the brain that grow, and meaning like the more primitive parts of the brain, those are the parts of the brain that grow first. And then as the brain, brain continues to grow, so the, it develops the more higher aspects of the brain, the, the, not just the baser parts of the brain, but the parts of the brain that are involved in, let's say, conscience, other different parts of the brain that have the ability to control the animal urges. The thing that bothered me is that we find in the deeper works, in the books on Kabbalah, that the way that God created the world was actually the opposite way. When Hashem created the world, so first He created the concept of Chachma, of Bina, of the different types of wisdom, the different types of understanding, what we would refer to as the brains, the plan of the system. That was created first, and then the lower parts, the physical world, let's say, so that was something that was created later. That was a second part of God's creation. So what bothered me was, why is it that when a fetus is developing, if anything, the fetus, the higher parts of the brain, which represent the more spiritual aspects of the human being, those are the things that should be developing first. Why is it that the more physical aspects, the more animal-like aspects of the brain, the more animal-like aspects of the human being, why are those parts developed first? And the thought that came to me is that this physical world, the world that we're given, in this world that we see around us, so what's our job here? Our job is to take the physical world, to take this world of Asiya, this world of action, this world of movement, and to build from the very basics, from the very physical world, to build up, to take what we have here and to, to develop it spiritually, but to take the physical and raise it up to the spiritual. It's not just to draw down the spiritual and, and bring it into the physical world. While that is true, that is true, that's what happens. However, it's our job to take the physical and raise it up to the spiritual. This is why we find that there's a concept that we have an Isarusa de Latata, we have a, an inspiration that happens from below. When we do something, as we've been speaking about in the Daily Kabbalah lesson, when we do something, we do some action, we do a good deed, we do a kindness, we learn some Torah. When we do these things, so what happens is God responds in kind and sends down a Shefa, sends down an influx down to us based on our action. But it starts from below. It starts from us. So the same thing happens. It could this is the understanding of why Hashem, why God set it up this way, that the brain develops in this way, because it represents the fact that first we have the physical, and we take the physical, and we start off with all of these different physical animal drives, and we have all these animal desires, and we have all these animal emotions, anger, and all these different things that would drive us and send us in, a wrong, in the wrong direction. And then we have the higher parts of the brain which develop later, and they're what's used to balance the animal desires, to, to balance the animal part of ourselves. 
in any event, the idea is, the concept here that I think that we see is that we're given this gift of life, we're given this opportunity, we're given the raw materials. And our job is to take the raw materials that we're given, this animal body that we're given, and we're, we're supposed to build, we're supposed to raise, it, raise ourselves up to get to this point where the spiritual is in control instead of the physical just being in control. Our job is to take the potential that lies dormant within us and to raise it up. Now, if we think about another point, which was the point of Chag Aviv, the concept of the spring. What's the spring? So the spring is not the time when all of the fruits are coming out. That's not the time that, that spring is. Spring is the time when the flowers start to blossom. It's the beginning of the potential. It's the beginning of all the potential that's been building up throughout the six months. You know, there's been the six months of the rainy season. Unfortunately, this year in Israel was not so rainy. But you have six months of raining from Tishrei, from, from September about, all the way until March, April. And you have these six months. And this time is supposed to be all of the, the work that's inside. It's underneath. It's underneath the ground. The, the trees, for all intents and purposes, you look at them, there's no leaves, there's no flowers, there's nothing. But there's, but there's rain going into the ground, and there's stuff developing beneath the surface. That's what's happening from Tishrei until Nisan. What happens in Nisan? The potential doesn't just burst instantaneously. That's not what happens. What happens is it slowly comes out. There's a blossoming. There is, we just made a blessing, you have an opportunity right now. There's a special blessing that you say if you see two fruit trees that are blossoming next to each other, near each other. There's a special blessing that we say. This time, Nisan is a time, it's the Chag Aviv. It's the holiday of blossoming blossoming, of the potential getting ready to sprout, but it hasn't yet completely come out. We haven't seen the fruits yet. That's what's happening here. The same thing. It's exactly what happened in regards to the redemption from Egypt. Because the Jewish people, they came out. They left Egypt. They were like this flower. The fruit had not yet grown. That We weren't holding at that stage yet. The flower had blossomed. All of the investment that God had invested into the Jewish people, all of the makas, all of the penalties that had come to the Egyptians, that had taken six months from Tishrei all the way until Nisan. Nisan, already now there's the potential. The first moment, Nisan is exactly seven months. Seven is a very significant number because it represents the concept of Malchus represents this concept really that we're speaking about right now, which is there's this potential. God opens it up. He gives us this chance. He places us into the world. So he took the Jewish people. He gave them the opportunity. Now you are free. Now we're going to build up. We're going to take the blossoming of this flower. We're going to fertilize the flower. And soon it's going to blossom into a beautiful fruit that's going to be so delicious and we're going to taste it. That's the seven weeks that begin. There was a seven, there was a period of seven months culminating in the month of Nisan, which was all of the potential underneath the ground behind the surface. And then the seventh month from Tishrei is Nisan. Nisan is the, the bringing out of that potential that was completely dormant. Nisan, but there's also a new potential. And that potential is also dormant. There are seven weeks of developing the new thing, this new potential. And it's developing seven weeks and we get to Shavuos. And Shavuos is when we have the Kabbalah Sator, we receive the Torah, which again is another cycle of potential. The Jewish people are now imbued with this potential that will, that will hold them over for all time, for another 3,300 years to this very day. That's the power of what Nisan is. That's the power of what Pesach is. It's a realization of a certain potential, and it's also creating a potential for a further growth. With this idea, this can help us understand why is it specifically from Pesach, this Chag Aviv, this holiday of the spring, that we learn out this concept of the loony solar calendar, that we need both the solar calendar and the lunar calendar. What does that teach us? So as we mentioned previously, the sun represents the, all of the spiritual forces, the forces that God shines out upon us. And the moon, it represents the forces that we're shining back, that we are reflecting. 
And there's also a cycle that the moon, moon goes through. It goes through phases. It waxes and it wanes. And sometimes the, the, moon, the lunar year is longer than the solar year. Sometimes the lunar year is shorter than the solar year. And the reason is because sometimes we reflect more and sometimes we reflect less. We're constantly going through these phases and God is shining out upon us and we have this potential. We realize the potential and then we start a new stage because as we get to that stage of potential realized, we realize that there's more potential that we've just gotten to go to a higher level. This, I believe, is the understanding of why is it that the Seder, which commemorates that unbelievable redemption that happened in the daytime, why do we do the Seder at night? Because the nighttime, what's the nighttime? The nighttime is a time of darkness. It's a period when the moon is shining. The sun is not out. The moon is shining. And what's the daytime? It's a time when the sun is shining. The redemption of the Jewish people happened during the daytime because it was a realization of potential. For that time, for that moment, it was an unbelievable climax. But we celebrate it at night because we recognize that it was a climax, but it was also a potential that lied dormant there as well that was going to be realized one more time. And it's no coincidence that this is the holiday. If there's any holiday that speaks about the forging of the Jewish people as a nation, this is the holiday. Because what is the Jewish people? We are represented by the moon. We are represented by this cycle going in and out. But it's not a going in and out, a waxing and a waning, and we're returning to the place that we were before. No, it's a waxing and a waning. We're getting to this potential. We're reaching the potential. And we're realizing that there's a new level to reach. The Jewish people, that's what we're all about. We're all about recognizing that every new level that we reach, we reach a new plateau. And we realize that there's so much more spiritual gains that we can accomplish. There's another level that we can rise. Another way that we can bring ourselves closer to God. Another opportunity to learn Torah. Another mitzvah. Another commandment. Another way every single day. Every single holiday. They're all opportunities for us to raise ourselves higher and higher in our service of God. I want to bless you and me and all of us that we should be zoch, we should merit to constantly rise, to constantly realize that there's always room for growth. And of course, it's important for us to rise to a certain level, to look back and say, look what, we, look what we've accomplished. We've accomplished so much. We've reached this unbelievable level. We've reached this stage of redemption. We've reached this closeness to God. But we can never suffice ourselves with that. We always have to look and say, wow, I've reached this new level. And now look how much higher I can grow now because I've gotten to this level. Each new level leads us to a new realization that we can always grow higher. Hashem should bless us. Hashem should always draw us closer to Him, to always realize, to always be able to see all the things that we can accomplish, to rise higher, and in each new stage, to realize that we can indeed go higher. I would like to wish you a chag kosher v'sameach, a kosher, and happy Passover. Thank you so much for listening.